Coming up on the Financial Food Fight, Japan goes negative. The Bank of Japan investigating, looking into, trying out negative interest rates. And Billions, the TV show. What is it like when the industry that you are in is on television? This is Money Beat from the Wall Street Journal. Everything you need to know about money and the markets, and then some. Now, from New York, Financial Food Fight. Happy Friday, everybody. Paul Vigna with you here. Stephen Grosser, Jack Otter, Chuck Jaffe from Boston. Uh, it's the Food Fight, gentlemen. This is a free-for-all. I'm going to give you some, some topics we could possibly choose from. As always, called from uh, Twitter Moments, right, which is the best thing in the world. Uh, Kanye Kanye West is trending on Twitter. Do we do we care? Because he's we... battling with Wiz Khalifa. Wiz Khalifa, right. Yeah. Uh, okay, all right, so that's possible. Jack thinks that's a possible. Uh, ten tweets you need to see this Friday. Are beards a prerequisite to attend Sundance? Uh, you know, yeah. Or, uh, oh, how about... I, I'm not going, but I have a beard. Yeah, I'm not and, going and, either. And but Paul has a beard. I have a beard, I have a beard. Uh, or, oh, uh, uh, something about Japan and negative interest rates. Anybody hear about that? Maybe something. Maybe something. Uh, yeah, let, let's talk about that. So Japan, the Bank of Japan, uh, overnight for us here in the here in the states, comes out and says that not only are they are they amping up their their stimulus package, what they're basically doing is they're going negative. They are going to put in a negative interest rate of I think it was point zero one percent, ten basis points, on uh, their deposit rate for the banks there to hold money at the Bank of Japan, following Europe. Going negative, putting further pressure on the entire yield curve, bringing everything down because they want to somehow get that economy going. We're now, what, 20, 25 years of Japan trying to – I'm using – you can't see it at home, folks, but I am using the air quotes – get that economy going. I mean they're finally listening to Bernanke, really. I mean, Interesting, he, huh? Right? Bernanke said that? Well, he lectured them years ago that you got to try everything, throw anything and, you know – Huge quantitative easing and qualitative easing wasn't working, so they're now going uh, to uh, negative is, interest is, rates. Is this to, to cite another movie that has Japanese references in it? Uh, is is this the bridge over the river Kwai? Is this is this finally the the? St- I, I was thinking a bridge too far, and then I realized bridge over. Yeah. Uh, I'm talking too much, gentlemen. Somebody jump in here and tell me what these Japanese folks are doing. So we had the Greenspan put, which became the Bernanke put, which right. became the Yellen put, and that just got removed apparently, at least for a moment, in December. And so the Japanese rushed in with the Abe put, and there's the Draghi put. Right. Uh, this is all we got in the world right now. Bunch you know? of puts, central yeah. bank puts. Exactly. It's like a universal put from the central <laughs> banks. Right. Right. There's 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 commodities in slumping like you know never before in our lifetime, or at yeah. least that I was old enough to remember. Um, deflation everywhere. So this is what's happening. Well, this was a trial balloon, though. The way they structured this was really let's do it as minimally as possible and right. see what happens. Mm-hmm. There's a great piece on Market Watch by William Watts who explains sort of comparing this to what Switzerland has done because Switzerland's in the same in the, in the same boat right. but they actually have seriously negative interest rates where they're at 0.75%. If Japan had gone the route of Switzerland that would have set off some shock waves. So they went here and the ultimate effect is really going to be seen in March when the question is now going to be can the Fed actually still right. raise rates, even if it wants to. Yeah, I mean, what they did is, they, I mean, there's a whole list, and, you know, every, they're getting different sort of rates per, and 
basically it's a very small portion yeah. of the you know assets that the you know banks will be sticking with the central bank that are actually getting negative interest rates. So I mean, like I think once the market dug through it, they it wasn't that worried or that uh, shocked by it. But it's kind of uh, you know it's, it's the one small step, one giant leap yeah. thing. I mean, they they stepped over the zero bound. Yeah, they stepped over it. So the question is, and Chuck, you bring up a really good point. I mean, you know, if all the cool kids are over on the zero side, on the negative side of zero, what can the what can the Fed do? I mean, how much is there a pain point at which the Fed capitulates? I mean, look, I, I hope I hope not. Yeah, I, from the standpoint of somebody who is, you know, take it out of. The realm of politics and everything else. As an investor right now, I kind of want the Fed to be hell-bent for leather that they're going to stick to the plan. Why? Because I think ultimately whatever pain we're going to experience is unavoidable, so get it over with as soon as you can and get us to a spot where maybe they can reload the weapon and then use that down the line. I don't think you can sidestep some of what's coming in terms of bear market, et cetera. And I don't think you necessarily should. I don't think economic policy should necessarily be formed to say, let's try to avoid market downturns at all costs. Yeah, I, I, I would have to agree with, with Chuck, especially because all these steps are becoming less and less and less effective. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's not as if we're really gaining a whole lot by, by doing this. Uh, I think it is time to rip the Band-Aid off. But let's, let's tell that to out. China. Let's, you know. Let's point out. You can have a bear market without having a recession. It's just going to be that if you have a bear market that coincides with a recession, it's going to be worse. Mm-hmm. Well, the truth is, if you keep pushing the policy forward, maybe you can avoid a recession. You're still not going to avoid a bear market. So fine, let it happen. Well, and I hope that you can avoid the big bear market by avoiding a bear market that occurs with a recession. You know, look, you talk about a bear market and a recession. You have, uh, even with this rally this week in the stock market, this is a terrible January. It's not going to be good. Everything is, is, is you know, maybe it's a turnaround or whatever. So bear markets are as a possibility. We had the GDP report this morning, which was terrible. I mean, that less than 1% in the fourth quarter, which is supposed to be the big hot quarter, that is not good. So if the Fed sticks to their guns, Chuck, do we get a recession? Do we get a bear market? If they are tightening policy, if the dollar is going up, if things are be, if, if financial conditions, credit is getting dearer, all these things, uh, do we get both those things? I think we're going to see – I happen to agree a lot with, with some of the analysis that says – Expect first a bear market rally and then expect a bear market. In other mm-hmm. words, we've seen some downturn. Expect the market to be able to sort of uh, right the ship temporarily and then to, uh, to see a bear market. I mean, look, virtually every market around the world, if you were doing technical analysis, virtually every market around the world has topped. So, yeah, that's kind of a condition that suggests bear market might be unavoidable. I also think I, I find it sort of interesting, like all the steps the central banks are now pulling out, and they want to stimulate growth and they want to stimulate inflation, especially inflation. And inflation hasn't budged um, no, at all. If anything, it's going down. Yeah, it's becoming weaker and weaker. Yeah, and I mean, there's serious deflationary between you know uh, China's currency and oil right. falling um, that they're facing now. Is is Look, and here's the thing. When we talk about the Fed sticking to their guns, this is what it really comes down to. 
Is anybody prepared to rip that bandit off? You're right. There are there have been excesses built up that have not been worked off yet, still from pre two thousand and eight, in my opinion. At some point, yes, you want to rip that bandit off. Does anybody have the courage to actually do that? Oh, and I don't think so. I mean, uh the U.S. is the closest, and we've yeah. only been tiptoeing in that direction. Right. There's an election coming up, so we certainly can't do it there. Now, maybe you know some of these Republicans have been bashing Yellen and and Bernanke before her uh, for this policy. Maybe if they win, they'll be like the dog who catches the car, and they'll Doesn't have know to know what to put do some, with it. Yeah, and right. they'll, they'll they'll have to. But but what they might end up doing the right thing, and and, and maybe they'll they'll put some political pressure on the Fed. Um, and and they will sort of go counter to the rest of the globe. But that's going to be a very painful process if it happens. I mean, try to sell. Right. You know, Caterpillar can't sell their stuff right now. Uh, try to sell it when it's even more expensive. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right. Listen, let's take a break. We will come back on the other side. Hi, this is Veronica Dagger. Catch me midweek every week on Watching Your Wealth, where you learn all you need to know about building your wealth and protecting your money. Check us out at WSJ.com slash podcasts. Follow us on Twitter at WSJ Podcasts and become a subscriber on iTunes. WSJ Podcasts. Listen ambitiously. Now from New York, Financial Food Fight. Welcome back to the Food Fight, Paul Vina, Steve Grosser, Chuck, Chuck Jaffe, Jack Otter. Uh, programming note, folks, don't forget, next week, Mohammed El Arian is going to be here talking about his new book, The Only Game in Town. We're very excited about that interview, so keep an eye out for it. Uh, I want to ask you guys, has anybody been watching Billions? I have not. I love the promos, those yeah, aerial the pro- shots of the Hamptons, very pretty. Um, <laughs> I once got to go on a plane and shoot, you know, find the rich people's houses and help a photographer shoot them, but I uh, haven't seen the show. You mean, sh- oh, shoot them with a camera. With a camera, yeah. Yes. Oh, okay. I, all right, all right. I you know. read all about it and said, wow, if I could be busy doing just about anything else, I'll watch anything else. Wow. Oh. Uh, I will admit, for I will admit up front, I have to admit up front, Everything I'm going to say is completely based on the fact that I am 100% jealous of the fact that Andrew Ross Sorkin is working on a TV Why, show. Have, you, have you watched it? I, I have watched it. I have, I have too. It. I have to say I'm sad. I was one of these people that you know sort of unplugged from cable, yeah. and it's streaming on uh, Hulu, so I've, been, I've actually been watching it yeah. um, for the same you know, sort of reasons I think you are. Well, and that's the thing. I think it's one of these things when you get a show that is – you know, based on what's going on, it's not our industry. It's but it's the industry we cover, high finance. You almost feel compelled to watch it. You almost have to watch it. So yes, I've watched it. Uh, and again, everyone understand where I'm coming from. I'm biased. I, I think it's silly. I think it's just. I think it's very contrived. It's very silly. I don't think it's a very deep or penetrating look into what's really going on in this world. Uh, you know, Giamatti, I like him a lot. You know, short, schlubby, bald, bearded guy. Why? What's not to like? No, it's right? good, I mean, it has good actors. I mean, it really does. Yeah. The problem is the dialogue is oh. is, is oh. painful. It's painful. And the character development painful. are very much the caricatures of what, you know, sort of I think everyone imagines is, you know, right. sort of Wall Street. Right. And, and, I, and, 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 you know, that doesn't really work. Yeah. I turned off. The minute that I basically saw from the stuff that I was sent about the show that the that Giamatti's character plays a securities regulator type who is eighty one and O in processing in prosecuting insider trading cases. Uh, you're doubting Chuck Rhodes's record? Uh, yeah. Well, 
I love lead characters whose first name is Chuck. That I'm always in favor of. <laughs> yeah. But but really, hold on, Perry Mason. Come on. <laughs> I know a lot of securities regulators. I know a lot of securities lawyers. And, you know, the, the basic rules are if you're 81 and 0, you haven't ever pro- prosecuted anybody who is meaningful. So as a result, if that's you and the title of the show is Billions, there's a pretty significant disconnect. Yeah. I will say, I don't know if this is actually a defense of the show or an attack on television, but anytime you see a show that purports to cover something that you actually know something about, the dialogue is awful. None of it rings true. Right. I mean, I, I imagine if we sat with a cop and watched a cop show, they would tell us how absurd everything yeah. was. Any, any of these shows based in newsrooms, you know, the speeches right. that they right. give each other right. are just insane. Well, that was, the, that was always my problem with the, with the newsroom that HBO, when it was broadcasting, like, I don't, I, I mean, it makes journalists look like some of the smartest people in the room because they can go on about the most obscure topics yeah. for 10 or 15 well, that, minutes. Well, that part so of it was true. That yeah, part yeah. of it was Because that's what I always find in right. newsrooms. And you're, yeah. you guys yeah. have heard three times the newsroom by today, right? Yeah. Um, this doesn't sell newspapers. Do yeah. this instead, right? right. Notice in the newsroom shows, they always say that a couple yeah. times yeah. every show. D- did anybody see Spotlight? I mean, yeah. Speaking like of. And, and, of course, I'm a former Boston Globe. Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. So, so what'd you so make of it? I was there during that time. This this is a find, Chuck Jaffe. You didn't tell us this beforehand. Um, okay, well, what did what did you make a spotlight? How true to life was it? Uh, very true to life from everything that I know, and I knew the players involved. And Lev Schreiber's characterization of Marty Baron well, could not have been more accurate. I mean, <laughs> wow. Uh, it, it, Wait, was that actually, a sarcastic wow or a real wow? No, it was a real wow. Oh, okay, the, right. the interesting thing is when you go to a movie like that and you don't, you know. My kids said, so is there going to be something with you in Spotlight? And I'm like, of course not. Like, I introduced Walter Robinson, that's Michael Keaton's character, to his financial advisor, okay? But I'm pretty sure, like, I'm going, girls, that's not going to be in the movie. I don't think so. Did that, then, that, was on the, that was left on the editing room floor, that scene? And then, they, well, they start the movie with a, a meeting in the newsroom where there's somebody's leaving and they're having cake, which was a common occurrence, and boy, is it common these days in newspapers. And yeah. when... And you hear the speech being made to the guy who's leaving, going, and you're leaving us just as we get a new editor that nobody knows anything about. Well, I had worked with Marty Baron. We were business editors in a previous job. I was a business editor, and he was business editor's sister paper. I knew Marty quite well. So at that meeting, what happened right after the part that they showed in the film was one of my friends goes, Chuck knows Marty. So they show all the people eating their, you know, the spotlight team eating their cake back in their little cubbyhole. Everyone else was eating cake at my desk asking, grilling me about <laughs> Marty Baron, which is why I remembered the meeting. So it, like, started with me going, okay, wow. this is going to be interesting. And you still didn't, you didn't make the movie, huh? Uh, the only one Globy did, the interesting side of it, I recognized only one Globy did, and it was Ben Bradley Jr. who was standing <laughs> next to John Slattery, who was playing Ben Bradley Jr. as they were at a meeting. Wow. <laughs> and the Bradleys are handsome guys. But, Chuck, did you get any cake? Uh, not from the movie. I did back in the day. That's yeah. my question. Yeah, yeah okay. I, I just wanted to make sure yeah. you got some cake. Okay. Have you ever seen me? Like, I turned down cake. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. Here, hey. if, if Billions was offering cake, I'd watch that stupid show. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here we go. One uh, quick, quick round robin. Uh, if somebody's going to play you in Financial Food Fight the movie, who is it? <laughs> I, I have no Come idea. Come on. No idea? No. I, Who, I, who's I, the first? me on the spot here. I, I, I don't know. know. 
Who would play it, you? It, for me, it might be Giamatti because I'm working hard on my Schmohawk. He's got that down. Right, right. I, I would like to think it would be somebody cool and hot, but yeah, it'd probably be Giamatti for me too. <laughs> which is kind of. I'd like to think it's Brad Pitt, but it's probably Paul Giamatti. Well, no one can see me because this is a podcast. So I'm gonna go with Chris Hemsworth. Oh, that's a good one. I should have, yeah. I should have pulled that yeah. one out. You lost. You, yeah, got, you yeah, got one no, more chance. You got one more. Can't no. use Helmsworth, but you got one more chance. Giamatti actually lives in my neighborhood. My wife sees him all the time. I've never. Or I probably have seen him and didn't yeah. know because he looks like everybody else in Brooklyn. But right. <laughs> well, this right. would be the one show that Giamatti, Giamatti could play every role. All right. <laughs> yeah, right, right. All right. Well, well that might interest him. That might that might interest. Him. All right. Uh, listen, we're gonna we're gonna round we're gonna wrap it up here. If you have any thoughts on who should play us on uh, Financial Food Fight the movie, send them to email me paul.vinia at wsj.com. I'd be interested in in your take on it. We're gonna take a, a quick break and we will come back on the other side. High inflation has impacted many of us, but what happens when prices go up fifty five, sixty seven, or even two hundred and seventy six percent? It makes living more costly. It eats into your paycheck. At the end of the day, the salary itself, it's not enough. And money quickly loses value. You can't save, you can't do anything. Check out our complete series on extreme world inflation from A to Z, from What's News, plus other exclusive content on WSJ Special Access, only for WSJ subscribers. This is Jason Gay, and I have a podcast called Free For All. It's not just sports. We'll also talk about some music, some culture, some fashion. I could talk about fashion. Become a subscriber on iTunes and check us out at wsj.com slash podcast. WSJ Podcasts. Listen ambitiously. Now, Financial Food Fight. All right, we have a couple minutes here. Uh, Chuck Jaffe, let's talk about Bill Ackman versus the index funds. Well, Bill Ackman, activist, investor, wrote a letter to his shareholders this week where he basically was suggesting that there's an index fund bubble that's about to burst. I'm actually writing about that for this weekend. And, you know, he's got part of the idea right. You you watch index funds getting increasing power, and you are consolidating power in the hands of a few companies that, oh, by the way, don't really want to manage the, the power. They don't want to be activist investors. Mm-hmm. I mean, Vanguard just came out with an index fund that has a cost, an expense ratio of one basis point. At 0.1, you're, you're not going to use any money for corporate governance because you'd have no profit left. So you can certainly make a case that he's right that they're not activists. But the truth is that if the market works the way the market's supposed to work, then he's wrong. And more importantly, if if the index funds got to do what they were supposed to do and said, okay, we're going to protect the interest of long-term shareholders and we're going to worry about the long-term and not what happens this quarter, then you'd have activist investors who were actually good for shareholders as opposed to activist investors like Bill Ackman, who is a personalist. He is good for himself. Right, and that's always the question about these guys. You know, are they really looking out for... The companies, or are they really just in it to make a quick buck to go in? And, <laughs> and, and that's a particularly good question when you're talking about index funds versus hedge funds. So the hedge fund guy makes two and twenty, right. and Vanguard is charging some people one basis point. So when you say who's looking out for whom, I mean, right. I, I think we've got the answer to that right there. And, I, and I, like going back to Ackman Flutter, like the other thing too in this is he's sort of using this as an excuse for his poor performance. Yeah. And you could also make an argument a lot of his poor performance, has, you know, has come from bad bets. 
um, right. rather than you know, um, you rather know, than because any, of any, index, any funds. index funds. Certainly yeah. not because of index funds. Yeah. All right. And uh, eventually, you know, if we had enough index funds, then managing actively would become easier because you'd have fantastic inefficiencies and opportunities. And we haven't reached that point yet, or at least, you know, still a m- right. minority of active managers are beating the index. Right. All right. Let's uh, let's round it up. I want to thank everyone for listening. I want you all to have a very good weekend and come back and visit us next week. <laughs>